Hello, everybody. Welcome to another sportsless episode of Double Shot Sports Podcast. Of course, you got JP and Hector as usual. And uh, yeah, two weeks now of recording with no sports and a lot of news about when the sports are going to come back. Or if, in some cases. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and the, what have you been up to in the meantime? What are you using to fill the sports void? Dude, I am, I'm, I'm lost. I'm, <laughs> I'm binging shows. I'm watching everything I can watch. I almost watched Tiger King a second time for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. All I'm doing is refreshing my Twitter to see what Adam Schefter or Woj or, you know, a slew of others are saying. Um, which what, I guess what what I didn't do though to fill that void is I didn't end up watching that 2K tournament. I was actually kind of interested in it when it first came out, but then you told me that there was only 16 people and the Spurs didn't have anybody in there, so I didn't really care about it anymore. Yeah, it sucks ass. I watched a little bit of it and uh, yeah, nothing to write home about. It's just uh, it's I don't know what they were thinking putting that together. I don't know, I guess it just depends on who you're watching, like who are the players playing, because I just watched that first one that was uh, Kevin Durant and Derek Jones Jr., mm-hmm. and uh, it was just really boring. Like, you're wa- like you're wa- there's obviously a 2K game going on, <laughs> and then, like, but there's, like, no, uh, there's, like, no extra, like, commentary or anything like that. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's just them basically playing the game in silence. It's nah. like they're not really, they're not really saying anything. So you're you're basically just watching a stream of a 2K game, which is what anybody can do in their own home if they have a game console. Of of a 2K game that's not even played by, what it, it, it's funny. It's gonna sound funny because I was gonna say professionals, but they obviously are professionals, but not played by professional players. Who would? Have you ever seen? Have you ever played 2K? Yeah, yeah, I played it. Dude, those guys, like the, the professional players that play in the big tournaments and shit for the hundreds of thousands of dollars, those guys are crazy good. Like, they actually make the game entertaining. Um, yeah, so and, I don't, and I don't get it because I don't even really like 2K. Like, I still feel like the controls are not very... Uh, I, th- I still think the controls are kind of subpar. So to be good at that game, that takes a shitload of work. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not easy to be to be that tier of player but so that now i could just imagine like these nba players they don't have time to be to be playing enough to where they'll get that good so that it's just like watching your two friends play and that gets boring yeah pretty much yeah so um i get what the nba is trying to do filling up the time with uh, trying to pretty much find anything like pretty much grasping at straws with this 2k thing and now they announced today that there's going to be a horse competition um I can't remember when exactly. I think it starts to. I think it starts tomorrow. I think. So how I'm assuming what, like let's say, Donovan Mitchell takes a shot, records it, and then sends it to the next guy. Yeah, I guess so. I guess there's like I guess for the people who have access to courts and stuff, like they, uh, it's like a stream of people playing, or maybe they do this beforehand and uh, edit it all together. I don't really know. But, um, <clears throat> let me see. It's got, oh, it's going to be, the first round is this Sunday. And then the, and then they're going to do the semifinals and the championship 
uh, next Thursday. And have they said, like, a definitive list of who's participating? Yeah, it's going to be... Who's it going to be? Uh, Chris Paul, Trey Young, Zach Levine. Let me see. Who else is in it? Uh, let me see. Chris Paul. Uh, Tim, uh, WNBA star Tamika Catchings. Another WNBA star named Allie Quigley. And also Chauncey Billups, Mike Conley, and Paul Pierce. Chauncey Billups? Paul Pierce? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so uh I don't really know uh what I mean, I mean I mean horse is horse, everybody knows what to expect, but yeah. as far as like this being any different from what we're ex- some from what we're used to or what we're pl- what we're used to like playing among friends, I don't really I don't really know what the difference is going to be. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to try and throw in some like point rules like to try and make it seem like a legitimate thing but i don't know i'm i'm looking for, i'll probably just watch the videos when they come out on like tiktok or youtube or whatever like i, I probably won't watch it t- i don't even is it gonna be televised yeah i think it's gonna be on espn uh let me see uh yeah 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 i ESPN. mean i mean maybe if if i'm home i'll probably try and catch it but <clears throat> I just saw that uh, Trey Young, he had tweeted at Zach Levine, and he was like, absolutely no dunks. He <laughs> can't do that. Yeah, I will say, if he wanted to be an asshole, he could just dunk and eliminate everybody. <laughs> what they could do, but it probably he wouldn't be up for it, I was going to say, is they could do another, uh, they could do a Zach Levine and, and a Aaron Gordon dunk contest where they just record themselves and then send it to the other guy. But I, I'm pretty sure Aaron Gordon is done with anything that has to do with dunk contests. Yeah. I think so too. Shit, I would be done with it. He's been robbed twice now. Yep. But um, yeah, man. I think that is kind of the sign that the NBA doesn't really know what to do, and they're kind of just trying to find something to uh, just just anything to plug in airtime while they try to figure out what exactly is going on. And it's been reported in the past week that uh they are starting to address the possibility of the season just straight up being canceled like obviously they're trying they're trying to have both conversations at the same time like trying to prepare if they can make a comeback and also you know taking a look at the repercussions if they were to cancel it because i think with each passing day passing week that they don't get any closer to finalizing a return it becomes more and more evident that that might end up be the inevitable just canceling the season yeah and what sucks there is and we talked about you know, last week we talked about how it hurts the bucks it hurts uh, the lakers it hurts lebron in particular um but i was reading an article earlier today i didn't realize how bad it's gonna suck for for pop and he doesn't care obviously he doesn't care but us as fans he's 63 wins shy of being the winningest coach in nba history um yeah and so was he he was the coach was when it was his first year coaching it was a lockout year wasn't it uh no that wasn't his first year i think his first year was like was like was like 90 was like the 96 season or the 97 okay. season okay so he's he'll he'll now have two basically half seasons on his uh on his record where he could have maybe not easily but he would have been uh, much further down the down the line of wins that, that he is now, and and we don't know how much he's gonna 
he's going to coach again. If he does, like, shit, the way that we're looking this year, how long would it take us to get to 63 more? If it's 63 more, I mean, he should be able to, I mean, hopefully just be able to coach, like, two more seasons and then that be that. Right, but that's what we're – because we also talked about how we're pretty sure he's going to do at least one more season because he's got the the Olympic team. But I'm not sure past that season if he's going to stay. So that if he doesn't, then that, like, he has a really slim chance of getting that. Which, like I said, he doesn't care. We shouldn't care. But I, I want him to have that. I really do. I, I see him as the best coach in NBA history, um, and I just want the numbers to prove it. So that kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, I really – I mean, I hope that that's not really the case because uh, – let me see here. Let me just look up for comparison's sake. Like, I mean, what, you said 63 wins? See, I 63 mean, you, wins short of Don Nelson, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you divide that up over two, then like, and that's like just over thirty. Like, yeah, if they, thir- yeah. If they if they're not able to do that, then we have a lot more problems on our hands. No, like, I, I think we can get it if he stays another two years. The thing is, will he stay another two years? I mean, I think he will. I think um, he kind of. Uh, I mean, at this point, he's kind of evaluating on a year by year basis, and like. Even for somebody like him who doesn't really care as much about um, records or anything like that, like, how can I, like, my thought process would be, like, what, nobody would ever pass that. So, like, that would be, like, the the coolest thing to have is because, like, it would take so much time for somebody to be able to replace that. Like, the only type of team that can... Uh, that would be able to pass him or kind of, kind of coach that would be able to pass him would be like if Steve Kerr stayed with the Warriors for like 25 years and they were contenders. That's throughout. that's who I was going to say. But, I, wow, I don't know. I don't know. Because they're going to contend again next year. That's what sucks for everybody, really. Everybody loses and they win on that one. Uh, yeah, but or, because, Brad, or like Brad Stevens on the Celtics because Brad Stevens is like one of the youngest coaches in the league. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, cause Pop is 71. I'm not sure how old Steve Kerr is, but he's probably 20, at least 20 years younger than him. Um, so, yeah, he, he would have – I mean, he's already got – obviously this team can't keep that momentum for that long, um, but he's got a team that has a couple of 60-win seasons under his belt. So he's he's going at a much faster pace, but would he be able to keep it up? That's the question, and, and I don't know. He, he He's the first one that comes to mind. Uh, Brad Stevens, yeah, because he's young. Uh, if the Bucks were somehow able to turn Giannis into their ultimate franchise player, then yeah, they could probably. Who's their coach up there? Budenholzer. Oh, I like Buden. Well, and Budenholzer's from the from our system too. Uh, I think he's older though. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because well, like I said, because he was with us, and then he was with the Hawks, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, yeah, Let's I don't see. know. It just. I hope he gets it. Um, and uh, and and. That being said, I hope he stays more than a year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, more than that, like, I feel like the people who definitely, like, I was trying to think about it more, like, who are the people who would be the most screwed by this? And I think definitely Milwaukee is up there because I feel like this would have been the year that it all could come together for the Bucks, 
and uh, it definitely would have swung momentum as far as retaining Giannis would have done whenever he's a free agent. And, uh, yeah, so I feel like that kind of has to be number one because I feel like at this point they were the favorites. And if not the if not the favorites, probably either the Lakers or Clippers. And while it would suck for them as well, like I don't think that the uh, I don't think that the that the blowback from losing a season is going to be as harsh as it is going to be for Milwaukee. Yeah, they're definitely going to get the the biggest hit. And so this is let me just I'm going to kind of use an analogy here. I had a conversation with Devin and his cousin. Um, last week we weren't talking about the NBA. We were actually talking about the Premier League. Um, so I don't I don't know if you and I talked about this or not. But Liverpool, it was twenty five points ahead in the Premier League. I think they just needed one. More, there was ten games left in their league. They only needed one more win to secure the top. Like that's it. They're going to win no matter what. So there was a ninety nine percent chance of them winning. Their league got canceled. So I'll just. Use that as an analogy for this, for the Bucks. Is it or isn't it? I have my answer. We had this whole conversation already. But is it or would it be logical for them to freeze the standings and be like, all right, since this team wasn't first at this point, they're the champions this year? No. Absolutely not, right? This dude was arguing that they should. They should just stop the, the season and give them the trophy. And it's, it, I guess... The NBA has more of a reason to say no because they still have series to play and whatnot, and there's, they had a lot more games. Um, but in the Premier League, because his thing was like, oh, it's 99%. They, they only needed one more game. There was 10 games left. There are leaps and bounds of everybody else. But the fact of the matter is that it wasn't 100% yet. They didn't have it secured. That You can't do that. If you're going to cancel it, you're going to cancel it and wipe everything. And it sucks because in the Premier League, there's teams fighting for position to be in that league the next year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah, it's going to hurt everybody. No one wins in this situation except the Warriors, I think, in the NBA. Yeah, because, um, yeah, I mean, the difference, I mean, that's what kind of sets aside, uh, sets apart soccer from pretty much any other league is that they value much more about the records and the point system. And, um, yeah, I mean, obviously it's a lot different in the NBA. I mean, I mean, the first seed does the first seed doesn't always win the championship. I don't even know if they consistently win the championship in most years. The first seed doesn't even always win the first round. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, yeah, like, uh, let me see here. I'm looking back at it now. Last year, the Raptors won, and the Bucks had the best record. And then the year before that, Rockets had the best record, and the Warriors won. And then... Uh, the previous year, yeah, you have to go back three years ago from whenever the first seed actually won. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, that's no, like that shouldn't even be a, a that's a non-starter. Like that's 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 just not the way that it works in the NBA. It's just not. Yeah, it's. I mean, and it sucks, right? Because everybody wants to see, or because in the book, like if you're in the Bucks organization, you want some kind of compensation. Like, oh, is there a way that we can elongate or like prorate the contracts for these players and that's another thing because then their other argument was well why don't you just you don't have to cancel it just start it up later on in the year like the, yeah but then you then you get into the contract talks like all right well this guy's only signed through this time you know or this many <clears throat> this many uh, months years whatever they they take their contracts to through this many dollars they they get paid per game um 
So then you get into like the there's red tape all over that. It's easiest the easiest situation, which sucks for us as fans, is just to cut it off. It's just to cut it off, act like it didn't happen, throw it away, and then start up again. Um, and for the NBA next fall. Yeah, and um, I was thinking more about who if there's anybody who benefits from the season already being over. You mentioned the Warriors. They are just they're out of their misery. They don't have to keep losing. I mean, who knows how much they were really suffering. I mean, once all your starters are injured, you can pretty much just chalk it up as a lost year. And They've been focusing on non-sports stuff for a while now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, the other team that I was thinking of is Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn has some major questions to answer next season because... They kind of, especially on the, especially on the heels of firing their coach Kenny Atkinson, like they are kind of next year is the year that they kind of had to show that what they have been going through is going to pay off. They kind of have been going through their own version of the process, like building up. They they weren't able to build up through the draft since they blew all their picks in the Boston trade from years ago. And so they kind of just built their way up in other ways, just trying to, um, you know, like buy their way into the draft or like trading for young players, trying to, you know, truly like uh, develop players, that kind of thing. And supposedly that was the kind of thing that got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to sign there. And now it's being thrown out to window, um, thrown out the window for the way that they want things to be done. Yeah. And. Um, this year was kind of a repeat of what was going on in Boston last year where where Brooklyn wasn't that, you know, wasn't really that hurt that Kyrie was injured and had to miss games. Like, their chemistry is just better without him. And um, now next year, Kevin Durant should be back. They also have DeAndre Jordan, who was a third guy kind of looped into these plans. And uh, they they got the coach out of there, and they're probably going to shop around the young guys to try to find a third star too. And you know this is kind of a this was a good time to end the whole if Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant was really worth it conversation because now they can just wait until they're back next season. So Kyrie, how how did he he signed a deal with them right or they traded for him? No, he signed a deal. So he's there for the long haul. He, uh, I think, I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a long contract. I think, uh, let me see, let me look it up now. I think it was a, it was a three plus one deal, a three years guaranteed and a player option. Okay, player option. So yeah, so they don't, they don't have really, as far as we know, any intentions on moving on from them. Yeah, they, they benefit from it a lot too. I mean, it's, it's those teams that, that have injured players that have kind of that are being put out as you said being put out of their misery um were they uh they weren't doing too hot though were they no, uh they were gonna be like i think they were like the seventh or the eighth seed oh, okay so they won't be in the lottery no no they no they weren't lottery bad but it was clear that Kyrie was kind of moving was kind of ruining their potential and i think uh I mean, I I think that we kind of jump to conclusions when we talk about whether these stars are, like, 
are like really worth it if if they're if they um, are really screwing up the chemistry or if it really is just like mixed pieces but i think now that we kind of seen it playing out in boston kind of seen it played out in brooklyn and also the fact that he continues to get injured he would have missed the rest of the season anyways because he was out with a shoulder injury mm-hmm. and uh yeah i think now is the time to start asking if Kyrie Irving is actually worth it. Like, if they, uh, I mean, they kind of didn't, they were in a crappy position because, you know, if you're a free agent, if, if you're a team looking at free agency, you've been in, you've been one of the worst teams in the league for years, and you have the chance to get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, you're obviously going to take it. Mm-hmm. But, you know we it's uh you know it's a it's a championship culture it's a rings culture so you got to ask yourself like can they be the two best players on a championship team and if so and uh if not if not was this worth was it worth doing to begin with so who's the missing link like let's say next year they or this summer they you know, up up and start looking for the market, and who who's the third person that would make it worth it? I mean, it's kind. Of, I mean, that's that's the thing is that they kind of have to really, uh, they really have to survey the field and see who they can get in order to in order to make this happen. I mean, I can see. Let me see here. I can. I mean, honestly, if they want to really go all the way for it, I can see them going for either Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons. Oh. If they want to, like, go after somebody like Bradley Beal, who's, you know, miserable in Washington. Yeah, that sucks or, for him. Or if they can't really... If they if they strike out on the big-time stars, they can go after somebody like C.J. McCollum or Buddy Heald. Or uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they reached out to San Antonio about yeah, Marcus Aldridge. Yeah, I was about to say, what about DeMar or LaMarcus? No, not Demar, but I could I could see I could see Lamarcus going there. Why not Demar? But, I mean, because he kind of he he doesn't really he needs the ball in order to be effective. He's not going to get the ball with okay. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, that's kind of and you know, with this in mind, like getting somebody of that caliber, like any of these guys that we were talking about, like they would have to get rid of a lot of assets in return. They would have to trade Karis LeVert, who I think it would be a mistake. I think Karis LeVert can be really, really good. They have to get rid of Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, probably get rid of a couple first-round picks if they're looking at, like, the top-level talent. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we just have to, to wait and see on that and see if they're able to pull off something like that. That's going to be interesting to see. I kind of – that would be I, – I think if – Okay, so which one is of those people that you named or that you pondered right now? Which one are you chalking it up as they're taking the East if they get them? Uh, Joel Embiid. Yep, that was my vote too. I'd say Embiid. If they got Embiid, that's it for the East. Yeah, if they get either or, either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, I think it's over. Damn, Simmons too. Well, Philadelphia, they're kind of... They need to make up their mind about what they want to do with the future of their team because as much as they try to make it happen, like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can't really work together. 
Okay, so let me. This it reminded me of a conversation I had with a coworker the other day. Let me ask you this. And this might be a little a little off topic, but we're, we were talking about Embiid, and he's a big man, and it reminded me of it. Um, would Shaquille O'Neal be as good as he was if he played today? Oh yeah, for sure. You think he would still be as like he would still be Shaq? He would still be Hall of Fame first ballot Shaq if he played today? I think he might be better if he played in this in this era. Really? I don't think who, so. I, I, I think who, who's who are they throwing at him in the post? They're not going to the post. This the game today doesn't go to the post at all. That's my thing, is that he can't move. If, he can't move out, you, he can't move away if than, you have, more than ten feet from the rim. If you have Prime Shaq on your team, you're going to the post. No, no, no. I mean like he's not gonna defend anyone. Like there's no his inf- like his enforcer attitude is not it's not worth it nowadays because no one's going down there anyways. Like the 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 shots are being they're not even going in the mid range. It's all beyond the arc nowadays. Um. No, I think I mean it would require him to at least in that regard it would probably require him to like be in a little better shape. Like if if he could stay like in the shape that he was in in Orlando yeah. over the course of his career, then he would for sure make it. And I think and I think even if he didn't, like, I mean, I still think that he would be, like, really, really fucking good. Like, we can say that, you know, the league is more, like, three-point oriented, but, like, not every single big man, like, goes out to the three-point line. Like, Absolutely, one, but the ones that it, don't are not Hall of Fame caliber. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, well, the thing about it is that the ones who don't really do it are kind of, like, boxed into these, like, pick-and-roll, um, you know, in, like, this pick-and-roll status where, like, if you can't shoot, then you're going to be a roller. But, that, and, but that's what I mean. That Like, that's where he would – that would be his place in today's game. And, and his talent, everything that – like, his Hall of Fame status came from not being just a – a pick and roll guy came from being a fucking enforcer and a brick wall and a bulldozer down low. And that in today's game is taken away. Like he wouldn't, I don't, I just don't think that his game would fit into game plans that co- that oh, teams would have. I think it would. I mean, it, I mean, you still have to, you still have to get to the rim. Like players are not like for as, you know, we, we highlight as much about the three point line, being so like overvalued nowadays but there is no value in being a three-point shooting team if you can't also get to the rim and you know you park Shaq there and I mean he can still destroy the fuck out of anybody who's down there and even and on, on, on offense I mean back in the day what you had the bulky ass guys like David Robinson Charles Barkley Ben Patrick Wallace Ewing. yeah like these guys like Really, who's who's gonna yeah like who's gonna do that like you know Shaq versus versus who DeAndre Jordan just like nah yeah like yeah what, no what? I I get you there I don't think that anybody could go toe to toe with Shaq anybody from today's league couldn't go toe to toe with Shaq in the paint down low it, it it's not gonna happen I just don't think I just think that they would take him out of the game by not it's like when they let Draymond shoot. Like, just fucking let him shoot. We'll double-team somebody else, let him shoot from beyond the arc, and then if he makes it, he makes it, but he's probably not going to. Yeah, the difference with that is that Draymond 
like even on a good season, averages like eight points and eight rebounds. Mm-hmm. You put Shaq in today's game, like, would it surprise you if he averaged like thirty-two and fifteen in today's game? Yeah, it would. Well, no, probably not. But because, but yeah, if but I just don't think that they'd go to him that much. He's he's like he would be like a stronger Giannis. Yeah, no, it, yes, if if the game went there, but I don't think that the game would go there. The game doesn't, statistically, and very obviously, the game does not go there anymore. It doesn't go down low. They want three instead of two. They want fouls. They want. They don't want to have to oh, work for it. Oh, he would get fouls. The, huh? <laughs> oh, he would get fouls. Yeah, yeah, but they don't. These these even these kids coming up now. They, so that brings an, another point. Well, I guess I'll ask that question after we're done here. But, but yeah, I just don't – like, no one is driving much less if you have Shaq down there. I just think that they would take him out of the game by not even going around him. Well, if you don't go to the rim, then you make it a lot easier for the defense to control you because they know that you're not going to go inside that three-point line. I mean, defenders are going to have a field day knowing that they don't have to defend that much if you're just going to avoid going to the rim and just shoot jumpers the entire game. I mean that's what that's the Warriors and the Rockets game plan been for the last two three years or actually more than that. They score a lot more in the rim than you want to give them credit for. <laughs> nah, they suck dick, dude. All they do is <laughs> shoot it up from beyond the arc. Yeah, like I mean, with with the and even with like the introduction, of, like this like rise in the three point game, it's like I remember when we were having discussions like at the beginning, like with the first year that the Warriors were good, is like. You know, we couldn't wrap our heads around this being, like, the beginning of, like, an era where, like, this matters so much more. It's, like, we always told ourselves, like, a jump shooting team is, like, not going to be able to win a title. Right. And, like, it just depends on how good the people are. Like, Steph Curry is going to go down as the best shooter ever. And he was the one who started this whole generation. If you put Shaq in this game and you know that he's going to be unstoppable, then you do that. Okay, so I'm glad you said that. Um, Because my next point, and this is, uh, I'll try and get through this one quickly, but it just came up again. Um, The other thing we talked about in in the office the other day was somebody, one of the older guys, and he's not a big sports fan. He just wanted to get into the sports conversation. And uh, he he turned around, he asked us, we were talking basketball at the time, and he asked us, he's like, uh, yeah, so... Uh, oh no, my other coworker. Sorry, he asked me. He goes, Jordan's number one, right? And I was like, Yeah, I think so. And he goes, So Kobe's got to be number two. And I was like, Ah, I don't know. It's probably LeBron for me. Uh, but you know, whatever. We were having that conversation. So then my older coworker, like I said, he he just wanted to jump in. And he's like, Well, but Michael changed the game. Michael did this. Michael did that. And I was like, All right, look, hold up. I and let me know if you agree with me or not. But I was like. I, I, I all respect all props to Michael. I, I think he's the GOAT. But the only person I think of, or the main person I think of, that changed the game is Steph Curry. Like, that guy from top to bottom. I coach every winter and some most summers, I coach kids from age 7 all the way to age 13. None of these kids want to learn to want to learn the fundamentals. They don't want to learn to lay it up. They don't want to learn. They don't want to practice their free throws. All they want to do, and they know they can't because a lot of these, they're too young, they're too small. But all they want to do is, is get beyond the arc and throw it. 
Steph Curry, I like I said, I love Michael. He's the GOAT. But Steph Curry is the one that really, really changed the game of basketball. No, I 100% agree. Michael Jordan is, you know, obviously the best ever. But he didn't do it by changing the game. He did it by being better than everybody else at what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like, for what the game was at that time, he was he was the best at it. And, you know, I can imagine if he were playing in today's game, he would adapt to the three-point model and, you know, be just as dominant. But as far as changing the game, no, not really. I mean, he's a, I mean, he's an icon. He, you know, won two separate three-peats, you know, is the most, like, marketable athlete ever, probably. Mm-hmm. And, uh... But as far as, like, his actual play on the court, changing the way the league operates, not I don't think so. Yeah, he may have changed, like, the business aspect of the game, possibly. Most likely, actually. He built a gigantic brand. But, yeah, the game, the game, it's incredible how in our life, and, and we're lucky enough to be able to have seen both sides of it. Like, we saw what it was before the three-point razzle-dazzle shimmy down the court game and we see what it is nowadays and and maybe it's easier for us to tell us being fans that have been watching since the 90s or the early 2000s or, or even earlier than that and that are still watching now um yeah it's it's crazy it's and i don't like i'm not particularly a fan of steph curry i'm not particularly a fan of the warriors at all uh, but you can't deny it that guy it's 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 amazing to see the change like the change of the tides, the change of the guard. It's it's crazy. What if they got your boy Lamelo? Will you root for them then, dude? I'm not. I have not been against any of the balls. Oh, I guess, yeah, you said my boy. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I'd root for him. I wouldn't root for them. Uh, I just don't want man. I, Levar seems like he's coming back out of his little hole. He's coming back and doing interviews again. Like, dude, stay out of it, please. You already tanked Lonzo. Leangelo hasn't even made it to the league. And he's out there. I don't know if you saw that interview, but he's out there saying Leangelo's better than both of them. But he's obviously saying that because he's not getting any love from the NBA. And, like, Leangelo's not getting any love from the NBA, so LeVar's trying to, you know, up his up his stock a little bit. But Yeah, it's no, just, Jello I'm, sucks. I'm so tired of – I just don't want him anywhere near a microphone. I don't want LeVar anywhere near the team. I wouldn't mind – LaMelo going to the Warriors. I hate the Warriors, but I, I want to see the kid do good. I want to see him do well. Um, and I want to see him not be overshadowed by his father's mouth. I think he's going to be really good. I would be happy if the Spurs got him. Damn, you think he would fit there? Yeah, he's a, he's a, a very... Uh, He's a very moldable player. Like you put, he's the kind of player that you put him on the floor, he will find a way to fit in. He is like, I think definitely among the Ball brothers, I think he's gonna be the best one, and uh, he definitely, he's definitely gonna be the best on offense. Lonzo's probably gonna be a better defender than him, but uh, Lamelo, he definitely has the best like overall um, offensive game. I think he kind of. Um, you know, Lonzo was kind of uh, propped up as kind of like a primary playmaker, primary ball handler for a team, and since then he's kind of just um, been relegated to a supporting playmaker. 
which, I mean, isn't bad. I mean, he's one of the best at it. Like, I, I really like the way that he fits in New Orleans. But I think LaMelo can be the kind of guy who, who can actually be that number one guy bringing the ball up the floor. You don't think he's going to be a little distracted with all of his business ventures? He just bought that Australian team. Yeah, that was fucking weird. I don't yeah. even know, like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't know what exactly to do about that. <laughs> it's kind of like, fuck, do you even do with that? It's like you just play for that team and then you bought it because that's obviously going to take some attention from you, right? Like, what, you you own it now. You can't just he's, ignore it. He's he's not going to be the one to actually do the day to day operations of it. Like, come on, he has the whole ball enterprise. He'll be able to assign somebody to oversee the team for him. He bought it alongside like his agent or his manager or something like that. Oh, somebody okay. else, somebody else who will actually be able to oversee the operations of it. Okay, okay, I got you. Yeah, but um, and the reason why he was able to get paid and to do all that shit is because, as we know, he went straight there, played Australian ball at a well. Actually, he played in what Lithuania first or something like that. Yeah, he first played in Lithuania. Professional ball there, uh, and then went to. Australia. The one thing he didn't do is go play at the NCAA, where he wouldn't have been able to make a dime. Yeah, exactly. And which is what brings me to my next point. I hope. Did you finish watching it? Yeah, yeah, dude. That fucking movie. That documentary was crazy. Well, we're talking about the scheme. Yeah. Um. An HBO documentary um, that uh, is surrounding a guy named Christian Dawkins who uh, used his influence to uh, buy off players and coaches as part of his aspirations to run his own management business one day. And uh, it kind of uh, goes into more detail about how exactly that case happened and the teams that were involved, coaches that were involved, players, um, and basically how he was brought down by the FBI. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me what your takeaway was at the end of it. Fuck the NCAA. That, like, literally, <laughs> it, it was funny because I was, like, you can tell when a documentary is ending. And if you haven't seen it and you don't like spoilers, stop listening because we're going to talk about it a little bit. If you haven't seen it, you don't plan on seeing it, but you want to know what it's about, then definitely stay tuned. But um, wh- you can tell when the do- documentary is winding down, and l- I was literally sitting there. I was watching it by myself, and I was sitting there, and I was like, man, fuck the NCAA, dude. This is fucking stupid. And then that was those were literally the words that came, the last words that came out of his mouth at the end of the documentary. And I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. In the very beginning, and half of it was because I just kind of got the vibe, and and then the other half was because his own lawyer said it. But he was like, oh, yeah, Christian was a wannabe agent or whatever. So right in the very beginning, I was like, ah, this guy's going to be a douche. Like, he's just trying to pull these strings, whatever. But towards the end, like, by the end of it, he's a hustler, dude. He started a scouting web page at 11 years old, and he was charging mm-hmm. colleges $600 for a subscription. Like, that's not just something – that's not a, a, a YouTube fan like a youtube fan base where you're just making money off of views that's not a tiktok where you make a minute long video and then you make all this money this kid was actually doing the research like watching the games in michigan michigan right it was uh, yeah saginaw yeah he was doing the, watching the games doing the research and 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 
ranking these players, these middle school, high school players, and it was good enough. They were good enough reports to make college coaches actually pay six hundred bucks a month for this subscription. So, you know, he, he that he was a hustler from start to present, and and I gotta I gotta tip my hat to him. It sucks how they did him. I cannot believe that he was the only one that went down. Um. So this is something that I did not expect because I also watched Tiger King yeah. and uh, kind of I kind of had the same question after watching both of them which is like what are we supposed to take away from this yeah because in Tiger King the lesson is why people are crazy mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> the lesson in like you like you said the lesson in the scheme is just fuck the NCAA, but for anybody who hasn't been paying attention to how the NCAA operates, basically even living under a rock, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know, I kind of feel like this documentary kind of missed the mark because they highlighted, I don't think that this documentary should have just been about this case specifically, but it should have been about how this expands into the culture of the NCAA and other facets because clearly, like, he shouldn't have gone down for what he did. I mean, you can argue that he stole money because that money that he was supposed to use to pay coaches, just he just kept it. But um, aside from, like, what brought him down was they thought that uh, paying off teams was a form of bribery and kind of, like, making making the teams a victim of bribery by accepting money in order to convince these players to go to these teams. And, you know, this was a very, it was a very low scale operation. Like among people who were buying off players, like Christian Dawkins is at the bottom of this. Like it even said in the documentary that these, uh, universities basically work for Nike and Adidas and Under Armour in order to get these players who are funneled through their pipeline to their college team. Yeah. But it's, it's, I mean, it's a, it's, uh, it also reminds me too of like, I rem- like, if you remember at the beginning of this, um, coronavirus pandemic, when there was a story about this guy from Tennessee who bought like 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer and was trying to like sell them off to like double his profits or something gadging, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something that businesses do all the time. Yeah. Not to say that the guy was in his right to do that, but anytime a business does shady stuff, it's called business. And whenever a person does shady stuff, it calls for an arrest. It calls for imprisonment. Right. And uh, the same thing happened here with Christian Dawkins. I mean, he he was the fall guy for for these college teams, and he didn't ask to be. Like he, no, he specifically didn't want to do what they were telling him to do. He was like, "That's stupid," and and that, he wasn't he wasn't saying that's stupid. I don't want to do it. Let's get this right because he was being a good Samaritan about it. He was saying yeah, that's stupid because he was being he a good businessman. He didn't understand the business model. Yeah, yeah, and and but but the fact remains, he specifically said, "No, that's dumb. Let's not do that." And then Jeff D'Angelo. Like he specifically replied, "Well, it's my fucking money, and you're gonna do what I tell you to do." Like, that was. I don't like to toss the word entrapment around, 
But that's probably as close as you can get to entrapment. Uh, it was a hundred percent. It was a hundred percent entrapment. Yeah, like they fucking. That, but that's what I don't get. Like, and then the other thing I don't get is they have Will Wade. They have these coaches recorded. Like mm-hmm. they have them. First of all, they have them at press conferences saying blatantly, obviously saying, "I had never had any." kind of contact with Christian Dawkins. I never dealt with him at all. I've never even talked to him, never seen him. And then the FBI has recordings of them on the phone with him. And you can tell when you're talking to somebody that you don't know. And it's a huge difference from when you're talking to somebody that you know really well, like real yeah, chummy exactly. and stuff. And that's how they were talking to him, like all oh, cool as fuck. Just quoted saying, I offered this motherfucker such a big fucking deal and he ended up choosing this other he went to Ohio State instead. Like what the fuck am I missing? Maybe it's because I was more focused on 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 the deal for the family and all that shit. Like, dude, how did those guys not go down? It it's ridiculous yeah. to me. Yeah, because they they chose not they chose not to take them down. Like this was clearly a collaboration between the NCAA and the FBI. It's like they needed to bring somebody down before the teams got brought down. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, this isn't. I mean, this is just one among many fraudulent things that NCAA teams do to you know get the best players on their team. I mean, it's paying the players, paying their families. Which, I mean, like Christian Dawkins says, I don't even think is a bad thing. I think if you yeah. can pay for a player to join a team, you should do it. And then on top of that, like, it's, you know, making up fake classes so they can stay academically eligible. It's, uh, like, the, the the prostitution scandal at Louisville that they alluded to. Dude, that was crazy. I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. That's why uh, Rick Pitino, since then, um, he... Uh, I don't think it was I think they mentioned it in the documentary that it wasn't it wasn't the prostitution scandal that brought him down. I think it was Nah, it was something else. Yeah, and so he yeah, he got taken down for that. He spent like the past like two, three years coaching in a Greek league and now he's back in he now he's back in the NCAA coaching for like some mid level team. That guy has I've heard his name every single time that an NCAA scandal has come across the news moniker. Like every time I've heard. I, I hadn't even. I don't think I had seen his face before this documentary, but I knew who he was because I've heard so fucking much bad news about him. Like, I don't understand how he was able to go back and coach at Louisville. Um, yeah, exactly. If you want to talk about things that are against the rules in the eyes of the NCAA, Rick Pitino is your enemy number one. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's too valuable to them, so they just chose not to. I mean, it was basically a, a whole documentary about the NCAA and the FBI playing favorites. Yeah. It was an interesting story, but there wasn't really anything to take away from it other than fuck the NCAA. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, until, I mean, just like a piece of shit like Mark Emmett, the NCAA president, who said that, um, paying players would be the end of the NCAA as we know it. Like, no, it fucking wouldn't. Mm-mm. You're already doing it. Just make it public. Yeah. And pay more of them. It's no fair that... That's the, the, that's the thing. They don't want to have to pay everybody. Yeah, but, I mean, if you have... Like, if you're paying, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars for your best player, and then your bench players are, like, you know saving leftovers like shit you can you can fund you can run you can reroute some money for them too mm-hmm. yeah but, it, yeah it becomes I mean, a whole really... thing that they don't want to even dip their feet into they don't want to go public about it and, and 
It's fucking ridiculous. I just don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't. I was dumbfounded. I don't understand how even now after this has all come out, still nothing's being done to correct it. And then the whole thing with the with the FBI agent who who got reassigned or taken off the case because he went and spent money probably on hookers in Vegas or gambled it away, mm-hmm. and 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 they don't even want to disclose if he if they let him go or not or anything like that. Like for all we know, he's fucking sipping mai tais somewhere undercover again. Like it's all it was just so all so crooked like and i knew obviously i knew that there was shit going on like that but i just didn't know that it was to that extent that it was to that monetary extent yeah and the fucked up thing is that compared to comparing christian dawkins to what ncaa teams regularly do that's just the tip of the iceberg Mm -hmm. like that's not you know he was just one guy trying to start up an independent business like, how does that compare to the Adidas empire, the mm-hmm. Nike empire? Like, it, it doesn't. It's, like, it's absolutely minuscule in co- in comparison. And um, it's just, you know, they, they don't have to change the way that they do business because, you know, it's going to con- continue going about this until, you know, players take on, you know, more responsibility, take the control in their hands, which I will say that I'm happy that the thing that I appreciate the most about... Uh, Lamelo Ball and other players who opt to play in um, other leagues other than the NCAA is that I really hope that that trend continues because you know the NCAA is not going to change anything until there's evidence that players don't need them. Yeah, and they're losing talent that they would otherwise be making money off of. Yeah. Yeah, we'll 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 see if that ends up happening. <sighs> yeah. So. I don't know. What are you... We should We should probably... I mean, I don't know what else to watch. We should probably watch something else to kind of prepare. Or what? You know what? Oh, shit. Doesn't next week the Jordan rules come out? Yes, dude! Uh, no, in 10 days. It comes out on... Uh, on. Uh, wait, are you talking about The Last Dance? Yeah, this new one from ESPN. Yeah, it's coming out on April 19th, I believe. It's a 10-part series. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that should be like a running segment that we do for future episodes. Oh, for sure, the episodes dude. as they come. I'm so excited to watch that. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, that'll be really fun to see. I really hope that it's not just like a aggregation of the aura that was Michael Jordan. Like, I really hope that this really goes into the details of like gets into the ugly of everything that happened with the bulls team too yeah 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 i'm, I'm sure it, with a 10-part series it has to be you got to get into some kind of shit yeah that's a shitload of content to yeah. break it up into 10 parts yeah i'm excited for that though but yeah that'll definitely be something that we'll be talking about yeah and i think in preparation for that too i'm also um it wasn't no because that's called the last dance and the most famous book written about Michael Jordan was a book called The Jordan Rules. And it was uh, first published in 92. And it's like a full-on season diary of the first season that they won the title. Really? And, uh, yeah. And uh, I just started reading it yesterday. It's it's just, it's a like a 300-something page book. Um I just started reading it yesterday, so I'm going to get more into it in preparation for that. And, um, yeah, no, but we could definitely we definitely watch something else to kind of uh, keep it going for as long as this uh, pandemic is going on and 
you know, carry it over into the, the last dance too, whenever that premieres. Yep. Yeah, I'll get on that. I'm going to look into that Jordan rules too. That sounds interesting. Anything else you would recommend to our viewers? Um, to read, watch, to wh- life advice. To what? I'm sorry. Anything to read or watch or anything? Um, if you haven't read The Alchemist, read The Alchemist. Um, it's a pretty short story. It's a, it's a. Uh, I don't want to say spiritual, but there is a big moral to it. Um, uh, McMill- have you seen McMillions? No, not yet. Dude, that one was good too. I think that one's a f- six-part series or seven-part series on HBO, but it's about how the. Uh, the Monopoly game at, at McDonald's was rigged from 87 to 2001. Yeah, like yeah, that. I heard. It's pretty cool. It's like it involves a mob and everything. It's it's pretty crazy, dude. It's, it's, that one was a good one. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, man, I don't really know what else to, uh, what have I been doing over the past week? I've just been, like, reading stuff that comes up on Twitter, started reading the Jordan Rules. Um, as far as TV goes, um, shit, what else have I been watching? Oh, um, last night I started this show. Have you heard of Jim Carrey's show called (coughs) Kidding? No. It's very interesting. It's, like, one of the more serious things that he's done. Mm -hmm. It's a show on stars. I've only seen the first episode. I saw the first episode last night because, um, it's free on Amazon. And, uh, he, he kind of, uh... It's um he plays like a Mr. Rogers kind of role. A guy who is the host of a kids show that's very um highly um highly regarded. But um it's kind of like uh the first episode at least was him dealing with his own personal tra- tragedies and family issues and trying to use the show as a release to that. And uh, it's very interesting. It's still funny, but it's definitely one of the more um, dramatic roles by Jim Carrey. He's kind of like... Uh, the the show is basically like, what if like Mr. Rogers was like a step away from having a mental breakdown? That's cool. That does sound pretty interesting. And it sounds pretty true to, to Jim Carrey because, in, I mean, in recent years, we've seen him kind of take a turn for the depression side. He's been a little more uh, melancholy... Uh, in interviews and shit so it, it does seem like it he probably had a lot of a lot of uh, personal influence on the show did you watch Sonic though no I haven't seen I actually heard that that was pretty good <laughs> it was good dude yeah, it was good it. I'll watch it but I haven't seen it <laughs> yeah I mean it's a kids movie so I mean it's you know yeah, it's, it's, it's for kids be, it's for know, kids I'm not still. walking in there thinking of thinking for it to be like realistic or me to walk out crying or anything yeah, but it's it's really really good, and he's fucking funny in that movie. That's cool. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll watch that. I did hear that it was good, that, which made me happy because people gave him so much fucking shit when the first graphics for Sonic came out. They literally, we as a society, literally yeah. bullied them into changing the graphics. <laughs> yeah, as an advocate of cyberbullying, yeah. that definitely worked out for the best. <laughs> yeah, that was. But yeah, I'll get into that. I'll watch that as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. You want to wrap up here? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good spot. Okay. All right. Well, that was Double Shot, a sports podcast. Still trying to cling on to any sports-related news as we can Mm -hmm. until 
we start getting more into the details of our personal lives and just becoming a full-blown pop culture <laughs> podcast. But, uh, yeah, so I'm JP. That's Hector. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Stay safe.